Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Today, we're going to continue on our series um, on the leadership of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about following the inner witness following the inner witness. And so I want you to believe God with me that I'll get through everything I need to get through in order for you to be empowered to follow that inner witness this week. Thank you, Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Got some good stuff for you this morning. (laughs) I'm going to preach like I'm preaching to 10,000. Amen. So let's go to the Lord. Lord, Father God, I, I thank you for this opportunity to share your, your word with your people. Pray, none of me but all of you, grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share the word of God. I step into those two offices that you've called me to, pastor and teacher at this time. And God, out of that grace I flow and I minister. Thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank you for ministering prophetically to your people. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit and operation. Oh, we believe you for the impossible, that I minister supernaturally, not just as a mere man giving information, but, Lord, that these truths will be imparted into the lives of your people and the people who will hear this days and years and months to come, that, Lord, I thank you that this will save their lives, this will save marriages, this will save get people out of debt. This will cause them to walk in the perfect, perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. What I'm going to share this morning along with the, um, the last few weeks about the leadership of the Spirit is something that has been in my heart for quite some time and have not, got, have not gotten, got a group of people who are willing to hear it. And I believe that we're at a better place now that we can hear and I, I'm going to talk about the leadership of the Spirit and the, the importance of leading, following the leadership of the Spirit. Uh, the greatest need of the church is what? For those who've been paying attention to it. What is the greatest need of the church at large? Renewing the mind. That is the greatest need of the church, is to renew the mind. Uh, according to Romans 12, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of the mind is a lifelong process. You don't renew your mind overnight. And just because you read the Bible through once doesn't mean that your mind is renewed. It takes time. It takes prayer. It takes the Holy Spirit applying the Word of God to you in order for your mind to be renewed. Let me say something that is not um, that you may not know, is that you cannot know and walk in the perfect will of God with, with an unrenewed mind. Amen. You have to renew your mind. That is... Let me, let's go over there. Let's, let's just take a little rabbit trail. Go, go to Romans 12, Romans 12, Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 12. I heard Minister Allen did an awesome job last week. Amen. Thank God for him. He's coming back with fire. <laughs> oh, I was stuck in Texas. <laughs> I was stuck for two days. But glory to God, I'm back. My wife is down in South Carolina taking care of business with her parents. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? Spiritual worship. Sometimes we talk about worship, but we neglect the body. So here it says to present your body as a living sacrifice. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, Let's stop there. Um, Do not be conformed to this world. So God expects us to have um, transfigured bodies, right? Renewed minds. Um, And so do not be conformed. One translation, J.B. Phillips says this, do not allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you in its mold. Let me say that again. That's J.B. Phillips. Do not allow the spirit of this age to squeeze you in its mold. Do not be conformed to this world. That's what it's trying to say. 
It's not talking about the world in the sense of being out of the world, but being in this world and not allowing the spirit of the age to change you and transform you. To ch to you think some Christians are saved, but they think like the world. They think like they're, they're governing their lives like the world. Everything they do is based on worldly knowledge. They don't go based on. They don't raise their children in the the way that God tells us to raise our children, they don't love their spouses. They don't work like God tells us to work. They don't honor the Lord with their money like God tells them to honor their money. They don't honor the Lord in their body. You cannot do in the kingdom of God what you want to do with your body. In one sense, you can, but in another sense, you can't because this is God's kingdom, and God expects you to do something with your body. It's not okay for you to take somebody, what belongs to somebody else and give it to do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah. We, what, what do we call that? That's stealing, right? And so, therefore, there's many people in the body of Christ who have taken their bodies and did whatever they want with it. You, you, you are dishonoring the Lord with your body. We, we, we are called to honor the Lord. And then goes on telling us about our minds. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It is our responsibility to renew our mind. And then the latter part says that by testing, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so by transforming, by offering our bodies up to the Lord and renewing our minds, we can prove what is the will of God, the perfect will of God. You cannot know and walk in the will of God with, un, with, un, with, un, with unrenewed mind. You got to get your mind renewed. Well, what does that look like? That means that you take the time to get that word in you and allow that word to transform your mind, causing your mind to think like God. We often it's quoted Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. As far as the heaven is from the earth, so is my ways from your ways. And so, but there, his ways can be our ways. We can transform our minds to his mind. We can think on his level. How many know that God thinks in a higher level than we do? And he calls us as Christians, as believers, as sons and daughters of God to think on his level. God does not see things the way that your little mind and my little mind sees things. He sees, and I think somebody said earlier, Frank said earlier, God sees the bigger picture. And so God sees the long term. Whereas we see now. And so today we're going to talk about following the inner witness, which is the number one way outside of the word of God. We said that the, the, the number one way in which God leads his children is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation, we know, we know his will, we know his emotions, we know what he thinks about stuff and so forth. There's the general will of God and then there's your specific will of God for your life. How many know that God has a will for your life? He has a purpose for your life. God raised up a man by the, doctor, a man by the name of Dr. Miles Moreau to remind us that we have purpose in this kingdom. And so you're not just here merely existing, existing, but you, you have a purpose. God has a purpose, a specific purpose for your life. But I will say that most people will not fulfill the the will fulfill the God's purpose, everything that God has for them. I will say that. Do you know that the world, the majority of the world is not following Jesus? The majority of the world is not concerned about following the leadership of the Spirit. Did you know that? And even the body of Christ, some are not concerned about following the leadership of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, some, some parts of the body of Christ they're led by circumstances. Yeah. And this is how they're led. If it's God, then it will happen. And there was a song that says, if what God has for me is for me. And that sounds nice and religious, but that's not biblical. What God has for you is for you, right? Or you'll get it. God will make sure you'll get it. There are some things you have to do. You cannot automatically assume that what God has promised is going to automatically fall on you like ripe cherries from the tree. You not, it's not going to happen just because he has it for you. Huh. You're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to walk by faith and obtain the will of God. You've got to pray out the will of God, and you've got to pursue the will of God. The will of God does not automatically happen just because you have a desire for it to happen. Listen, let me tell you something. The will of God is for you to, to forgive, 
But if you choose not to forgive, you just miss the will of God. The will of God is for you to not be in debt. And if you got into debt, it's not God's will. Come on now. Um, if, if you are at your job and you're not working unto the Lord and you complain about your job and complain about your coworkers and complain about your boss and complain about this and about this and that and that, you have missed the will of God because the will of God is to do all things without murmuring and complaining. So if you've complained, you've missed, the, you've missed the will of God. You're not doing the will of God. We pray these wonderful prayers. Lord, let your will be done. We want to see your kingdom here. Well, what does that look like? So when, the, when you have an opportunity to, to execute the will of God, that's when you have an opportunity to see the kingdom of God come. God wants you to do his will. And you do not do his will, just sit back and let stuff happen. Life, you, how many know that you got to resist the devil? Amen. Um, Courtney had some kind of reaction recently this week, and um, she, her, it felt like her throat was about to close, and, and um, she's diagnosed with being allergic to shellfish, and, and so she's, she's having all these reactions, and, and, and she's like, oh, my, 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 my throat is about to close. And... and and she, she, we've been married long enough, so she knows how I think. So, so I've, I just stopped correcting her confession. I just let her talk. I, I, I correct my son's confession, but I don't correct my wife's confession anymore because she's heard enough. I'm not a conf the confession police. I'm not going to tell you. I've had people, even in this church, sit there and say the wrong stuff, and I just look at them. I've had doctors say to me, this is what you have, and I said, not, this is not the case with me. This is not my confession. I believe, therefore I sit free. So anyway, so she says, wait a minute. <laughs> I need to resist this. Yeah. And she resisted it, and it left her body. Most of the body of Christ will allow that to happen and, and look for some natural way, and I'm not against medicine, to resolve the issue. You have to resist the devil. The devil is not going to go just because you want him to go. And God is not going to make the devil leave you alone. The Bible says, James 4, he says, submit yourself to God, therefore resist the devil and he will flee. And most of us don't take the time to resist the devil. We got to resist the devil. You got to resist the devil in your finances. You got to resist the devil in your, um, your body. You got to resist the devil with temptation. You got to resist the devil. If ungodly thoughts come to you, you got to resist the devil. You cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. Amen. You got to open your mouth and say something. And believe it or not, there's a lot of people in a lot of people in our little circle that that say they believe the power of the death and life and the power of the tongue, but they speak death all the time. I, I'm very careful what I say. You will not for the most part will not hear me say something negative or contrary to the word. I catch myself I, I'm on guard. I, we got, I guard my mouth. I'm not going to say something opposite than what I'm believing for. Amen. And so you have, to, you have to resist the enemy. So going back to the scripture, you cannot know and walk in the will of God with an unrenewed mind. With an with un, with unrenewed mind, you've got to do something about it. So I, let's go to our golden text in Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, that was a side journey. That was a rabbit trail, as someone would say. I, was, I want you to realize you got to hone on this. you got to say what God says even when you feel the opposite. Um, you you, you got to pray in the spirit when you don't feel like praying. you got to worship when you don't feel like praying. you got to give when you don't have the money to give. Come on now. you got to come to church when you don't feel like coming to church. If, I, if you go based on your feelings, you'll never come to church. You'll never give. You'll never witness. You'll never open your mouth. You'll never invite persecution into your life. You got to open your mouth. You got to do when you don't want to do. That, 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 that got a lot of amens. Okay. Uh, let's go to verse 12. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if through this, by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage or slavery to fall back into fear. You received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. 
It is natural for the Christians to call God Father, Abba Father, Daddy God, Father. It's so natural to us. Everybody say, Father God. Father God. God. It's natural for the believer to call God Father. He's not just creator. He's just not God. He's Father God. He fathers us. Come on. Amen. Amen. And it goes on to verse 16. It says, the Spirit himself, everybody say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If we're children and heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided suffering, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Notice the scripture, it says, for the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. So how do you know if you're a son of God or a daughter of God? It's the spirit himself bears witness with your spirit. He lets you know that you belong to him. If you don't have that witness, that's the indication you're not saved. If you question whether or not you are a child of God, that may be an indication that you're not a child of God. Because every child of God has the witness of the Spirit. I got born again at the age of four, spoke in tongues at the age of seven, and I've never looked back, never doubted my salvation. I never doubted whether or not I was saved or not. The Spirit bird witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Now, if you've, you can have doubt in your heart, I mean, doubt in your mind and faith in your heart, and the devil can't mess with you, and you have, um, you're not sure about your salvation. But co- what comes with salvation is an assurance that you belong to God, that you're truly born again. And every believer has within them the witness of the Spirit that they belong to God. If you don't have that witness, then you probably don't belong to God. So the spirit bears witness. We're going to come back to that. Go to, go to our other famous scripture, Proverbs 20, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. King James says the candle of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. So God is going to lead us by our what? Come on, say it. Spirit. That's right. He's going to lead us. He's going to enlighten us by our spirits. I want you to get this in your heart. I've said this repeatedly over the last few weeks. I want this to sink down deep inside of your heart. God is going to lead you not by your mind, not by your emotions, not by your flesh, but by your spirit. He's not leading you by your flesh. He's not leading you by your mind. He's not leading you by your emotions. He's not leading by circumstances. That's a big one. If this is God, then this would happen, or this would line up. Not necessarily. God will lead you to closed doors so that you can use your faith to open the doors. And God will lead you away from open doors. Do not base on what God's going to do or how God is leading you based on uh, external circumstances. God, if you want me to marry this person, may they make my favorite meal. There's somebody who prayed that prayer. God, if you want me to get this job, let them call me and give me an interview. Let them them give me an offer. God, how many know that it, God, God doesn't have to have anything to do with that open door. Open doors do not necessarily mean that it's God. And closed doors does not necessarily mean that it's not God. Are you with me? That would save your life right there. Do not base your walk with Christ based on open or closed doors. Just because there's a door open doesn't mean that it's God. And just because there's a door closed doesn't mean that it's God. That's not God. God does not lead by circumstances. Let me say that again. God does not lead by circumstances. And many of the body of Christ are believing God or trusting God, say God is sovereign, and what they do is they have a twisted version of the sovereignty of God, and they're waiting for God to do something. Most of the time, God is waiting on us. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. If you confess me as your Savior, I'll save you. Come on now. There is a part of salvation that we have to play in. And you got to, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But if you don't walk towards something, there's nothing for him to order. 
Some people are waiting for God to give them everything they need and before they step out and do something. I've never waited for, to hear something from God before I moved in ministry. I was having Bible study in my parents' house as a teenager. I didn't ask, I asked my parents and I asked my pastor, and I got their blessings, and I did it. I felt like every Christian should have did it. I, I, didn't feel, I didn't necessarily think that I was called to ministry at the time. I just wanted people to get saved. I, I had a desire for people to get saved and feel the Holy Spirit and get demons cast out of them and get set free. That's, that was my desire as a teenager. So as a teenager, if you can imagine young PD as a teenager up there in his parents' um, living room teaching the Bible. Hallelujah. I, I don't know what I was teaching. I was just teaching out of probably the Kenneth Hagin book or something I heard my parents preach. But I'm just teaching, just, just because I, I just felt like I went, on, I went to the streets in Camden and witnessed to people just because I didn't know that it was dangerous. I didn't even think about the danger of Camden. You know, I just wanted people to get saved and feel. And I wasn't afraid of gangs. I, I mean, I, I had this radical faith. Like, I just didn't care. Like, let's, let's win the whole city. Let's, I mean, put me in the, I used to pray when I, I looked at the, the little movie, um, Boys in the Hood. And after seeing that movie, I went, Lord, send me into the heart of the city. Send me where the gangs are. I prayed that. Radical. Send me in the midnight hours. And he did, too. And I was in the midst of gangs and witnessing to him. And, and 12 got, gang members got saved and filled the Holy Spirit and left them crying and speaking in tongues. I did it. Yes, I did. He answered that prayer. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, don't be, I, I, just, I just felt like every Christian should have had that type of faith. Not being afraid of, of anybody and being able to witness to everybody that God gives you opportunity to witness to. So let's talk about this leadership of the Spirit. Um, the greatest need of the church, as Frank says, is to renew in the mind. The second greatest need of the church is to follow the leadership of the Spirit, learning how to lead, how, how to recognize the leadership of the Spirit. When some think of God speaking, they automatically think of God speaking in an audible voice, right? When we talk about the voice of God, we think about hearing something physically or audibly in, with our ears, most of the time, God does not speak and lead that way. So stop looking for voices. There are many voices in the world, but none are without um, importance. There are demons who will speak to you. Do not look for a voice. Do not seek a sign. There are, the scripture says, a wicked and perverse generation seeks signs. We're not to seek signs. Lord, if you want me to do something, give me a sign. Give me a sign. No, don't pray that. The devil will accommodate you with signs. We're not to be led by signs. We're to be led inwardly. God leads from the inside out, not from the outside in. And Christians, some, have been led outside in. God, if you want me to do this, let X and Y and Z happen. That's not walking by faith. That's walking by the circumstances. God, if you want me to go to California to live, let me get an apartment. Let me um, get a job. Let me let, just let everything line up. Well, let everything line up and you go out there and find yourself out of the will of God. You're not to be led externally. Amen. Amen. But you're to be led internally on the inside. So today, I want to speak to us by the primary way in which God leads. Of course, we know that the Word of God, He leads by the Scriptures. This is why it's important that you read your Bible. You're not reading the Bible for God's sake. You're not, you're not, you're not praying in tongues for God's sake. You're praying and reading for His sake, for your own sake. Let me say this as we explore the inner witness. God leads through our spirits. Satan leads through our flesh. God leads through our spirit, and Satan leads by our flesh or through our flesh. As we can see the fruit of the spirit and the work of the flesh, you see that Satan leads through the works of the flesh. Yeah. Following the leadership of the spirit will cost you, to, cost you in a sense of learning how to quiet yourself and recognizing when he is really leading you. Listen to this. The flesh is always in a hurry. Everybody say, the flesh is always in a hurry. The flesh is always in hurt. The flesh wants it now. The flesh wants to get married now. The flesh wants to get out of debt now. The flesh wants um, this car now. The flesh wants this house now. The flesh wants this ki these kids now. The flesh wants to get this degree now. The flesh is now. For the first time, I experienced DoorDash. Um, door 
I got spoiled. I said, oh, God, this is bad for me. This is bad. This, this, this should not be. This is producing laziness. But it was, it was good. It was good. I, I, I was like, yo, the flesh wants it now. The flesh wants it now. God will always lead you through a way of patience. He will lead you through the wilderness. Come on now. Some say he don't lead in the wilderness. You better read Matthew chapter 4, how God, the Spirit, uh, the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Come on now. And so God will lead you in the wilderness so that you can be tested, so you can have the power to be sustained when he brings you into your wealthy place. God will test your character. He will test your appetite, your sexual appetites, your power appetites, your food appetites. God will test your appetites. He will test you to prove to you. And many a times, God will have you in the wilderness so that he can work out the character of Christ in you so you can do the fullness and not, not mess it up of God's will. Your gift will take you where your character can't keep you. So you better allow God to do some work in your heart, in your life, so that you can be sustained in your day, in your season. I don't despise this small beginning of empty chairs. Because one day I will stand before thousands on a consistent basis. God is working something in me. God is working something in us. Don't, listen, don't despise the paycheck that you have. Be faithful with it. Don't despise your, your room, your apartment, or your house now. Your hoopty or your car now, or your bus, bus passes now. Be faithful with it. Come on now. God is looking at our faithfulness and our consistency. Don't despise your singleness or don't despise your marriage. Be faithful now. The enemy will always, the enemy of our souls will always lead us through the works of the flesh. You'll get anxious and you'll be out of control. Learning how to deal with people. Having what some call emotional intelligence. Learning how to manage your emotions and learning how to manage or respond to the emotions of others. I, something I, I, I came up with and I think is a real deal, it's called safety intelligence. Learning how to manage the safety of yourself and the safety of others. I think that, and then, and then there, there's, I, I kinda, I don't know, I gotta do some research on it, but ministry intelligence. Learning how to manage the ministry that God has given you and learning how to encourage the ministries of others. That's my little definition. I, I don't know. I'm going to do some research on it. Uh, but I think that I did that based on emotional intelligence. But I think that realize that the devil will always put pressure on you. God will never pressure you to do something. So if you feel pressure, it's not God. I'm going to help you out. I'm gonna, this is going to save you. You go to buy something and they put pressure on you. It's not God. I'll wait. Well, this is the deal. It's, you, you need to move on it right now. Wait. Let me go home and think about it and pray a little bit and sleep on it. Don't make a decision ba based on pressure. Don't marry somebody out of pressure. Don't get a divorce out of pressure. D don't, don't get in debt out of pressure. Don't quit your job out of pressure. Don't leave your church out of pressure. Oh, I'm talking now. Uh, learn how to be still and know he's God. Learn how to have patience. Allow God, it's, the Bible says in James 1, let patience have her perfect work in you. Allow patience to be rooted in your life. Let it be part of your character. If you can have more patience than the devil, you can win every time. You think about something. like they're, 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 um, Think about a rock underneath. How many know the devil will pull on your weaknesses and he'll wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait till he gets you. He'll wait until your, 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 your guard is down so he can move in. But if you can have patience, if you're not in a hurry, you know, sometimes you get patient, you get on fire for God. I want to grow. I want to grow. I really want to grow. I want to grow. Let me read the Bible in a day. 
<laughs> let me pray for, let me pray. Oh, I, I mean, God is not moved by that the fact that you have that desire. It's a good thing to have the desire, but God is more concerned. He, he'll much rather have you read the Bible five minutes a day than read it for within, within 90 days and not pick it up again for the rest of the year. God is not impressed with your hairiness, like your, your anxiousness. I, I got to do it now. Oh, I got to pray in tongues. Oh, God, I got to fast. Oh, God, are you pleased? Are you pleased? And you, and you live your whole rest of the year on fasted life, controlled by food. God much rather have you be, have a fasted life than to fast for two weeks and then have a, a flesh that's out of control the rest of the year. God is never in a hurry. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. It'll be God next month. It'll be God next year. God is not in a hurry. He, Jesus says, I'm coming back. 2,000 years later, we're still believing and hoping for him to come to return. God is not in a hurry. And it says faith and patience, they inherit the promises. You got to develop patience. What we believe in for. I don't see those confessions come to pass, PD. We've been saying them for months. We're going to keep saying them. Yeah. And keep saying them until we see it. Yeah. Are you with me? Amen. You don't give up just because you don't see it tomorrow. God doesn't always set it up next week. I don't see this tithing thing happening. Well, keep honoring the Lord. Keep being patient. Keep using your faith. And God, will, you'll, you'll see the fruit of it. And you'll go like, oh, my. Oh, my, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to honor you. I, I look forward to coming to church. I think I got a job just so I can write a bigger tie, the tie check. I, I'm seriously. I just got excited. I'm like, okay, wait. I can't wait. I mean, I write it out before we spend anything because I want to honor the Lord with the first fruit. Lord, this money belongs to you. It, it does, it's not mine. I want to honor you. I can't wait, God. Oh, God, let me write the biggest check there is, God, to KLM. Come on. That, that, that's my heart. God, Lord, 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 let me, let me underride this, this mission trip. God, let me, let me do the impossible with money. And if you're faithful with money, you'll be faithful with the tre true treasures. That's what Jesus said. All right. Amen. Amen. So God is never in a hurry. Uh, don't rush anything. Some things will take years, and others will take days and moments. But don't be in a rush. So many times we're in a rush, right? Don't be in a rush. Some of us was rushed into marriage, and now you're trying to rush out of it. <laughs> Lord, what did I do? God, I'm rushed into childbirth. Then now you're like, Lord, what did I was thinking? <laughs> now you're trying to rush your kids until teenage years. And then when they're teenagers, like, you want to rush them out the house. Then you're like, oh, I wish they'll come back. All right? I, I, I think that our society pushes that. Uh, it doesn't, you don't, you don't become wealthy overnight, right? right? It takes time, right? Faith and patience and hustling and doing what God gives you, wisdom and so forth. You don't, it doesn't happen overnight. Don't go by everything you think. <laughs> Sometimes we go based on what we think, right? We pray a little bit. Oh, okay, whatever comes to my mind, that's the Lord. Listen, don't go based on what you think. Every thought is not God. <laughs> I just set somebody free right there, right there. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's from God. Let me say this, this other thing. Everything that you feel is not God. Because <laughs> there's some things I felt that was God and was not. Everything that you feel is not God. Everything you sense is not God. Now, Bishop Jake said this, T.D. Jake said this. He says, your first, your first thought is not always your best thought. I thought that was profound. Yeah. All right, so let's go to a familiar scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if I can get there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read it out of two translations. If I'm bold enough, maybe three. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. This is a familiar scripture. You should be familiar with this. Um, let's look at verse 21. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. I think I'm going to start with KJV. Let's do KJV. 
just got the KJV on my mind, King James Version. First, the, first Thessalonians chapter 5. Let me, let me just kind of get there. Um, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 5 right here, it says this. Verse 21, prove all things and hold fast, hold fast that which is good. So what do the scripture says? Prove all things, right? Hold fast. Let, let's read it out of the ESV. 521 says this. It says, um, but test everything and hold fast what is good. Test everything. Okay, um, the New American Standard Bible says this, but examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. So if you get a prophetic word, prove it. Prove to see if it's of God or not. If you get something in uh, download, as we say, from the Lord, prove it. Do not move on everything that you sense and everything that you feel or every thought that comes across your mind. I'm trying to help you out this morning of my mistakes, of moving on everything. And when you're in prayer and you're praying with somebody and you get something up, does not necessarily mean it's God for you to speak it. And I think that many times people just speak what they feel or what they believe that God has given them. Sometimes it's for them and not for everybody else. So don't move we're going to teach about prophecy and how to really flow in true prophecy because what some call prophecy is really not prophecy. It's just flesh. Amen. It's flesh. They're they speaking out of emotions or they have the ability to observe somebody's behavior and they speak concerning that. I mean, for the most part, if you say, oh, oh, your children, God said he's going to bring them back to you. Oh, okay, that, that's most of the body of Christ. Oh, God said he's going to bring you out of debt. Oh, that's most of the body of Christ. Are you with me? Like, it, that, like we, we have to be careful. I mean, I don't know if you remember, some of y'all weren't here, but it was one Sunday I was up, and I, I, I don't know, I think it was praying or something, and out, it's just like out of me, I don't know if you're familiar with, remember this, but out of my spirit came this gushing tongues and interpretation. And this is the word that came, that God was going to bring people that was not like us. Do y'all, who was here and remember that? It was just, it just came out. Like, literally, I was not trying to say something or trying to hear from God, but it gushed out. That's true prophecy. Prophecy, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, not out of your mind. And I think sometimes people just, they, they feel like they have to say something, especially when it gets quiet after prayer. Yeah. Did you get something from the Lord? Uh, and then and now you're stretching. Uh, I think I did. Oh, yeah, the Lord says, we need a witness. Duh. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Lord says, we need to read the word more. Duh. Like, I mean, uh, the Lord says, we need to organize. Duh. Like, it, it, it does, like, you don't need a word from the Lord from that for that. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, we, we, all right. So prove all things. So prove it. Hold fast to it. Um, prove all things and hold fast to that which is true. So, so you have to test your thoughts. Test, test what comes to your mind and your heart. Make sure it's God. How do you know it's from God? I'm going to give you four, four ways in which you know it's from God or four ways to test it. The first is to make sure it lines up with the word of God. If, if God speaks to you, it's going to be consistent with the Bible. It's not going to be out of sync with the word. The Holy Spirit that inspired the word will not lead you contrary to the Bible. I've heard some believers say, the Lord, the Lord told me, I don't know who's calling me. The Lord, <laughs> they know I'm preaching. They know I'm a pastor. Uh, the Lord is calling me to take my tithe and give it to the poor. No, child, you are wrong. No, you're wrong. You, you, you're not hearing from God. The Lord told me, no, you take your money and give to the poor. Don't take the Lord's money. <laughs> it just got quiet in here. Uh, I, I, I remember as a teenager that I'm thinking, and my dad corrected me, and my mom corrected me. I, I, I used to say, you know what? God has given me a ministry, and my ministry was making cassettes, and then eventually CDs. And I was um, buying blank cassettes and blank CDs, making gospel music, gospel rap, and giving out to unbelievers. But I was using my tithe. And dad said, no, 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 that's the Lord's. You, if you want to do that, you spend your money, not the Lord's money, your, that money goes to the local assembly. Yeah. It doesn't go to you reaching out. And sometimes people have taken something like that. Oh, the Lord told me to commit adultery. Mm. Oh, the Lord told me, you know, I, I talked to a brother recently. The Lord told me not to go to church. Uh -huh. 
just to stay home and, 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 and I can be spiritual and I can, you know, um, um, it's, it's, it's these um, churches online. You can have, you can be a member of a church, and this is wrong. This, I'm going I'm to preach against this, that you can be a member of a church and never leave your home through, through, through um, the Internet. So well, I'm going to tell you what that is, and I'm not judging people's motives, but what, it, what that is is that that's dollar sign. Because if I can get you as a member from across the world and say, listen, now you need to pay your tithes. So now I got extra tithes coming in from people that I'm not even, I'm not even pastoring. Come on. I, th th this is foolish. You find a church, a local church, a church that you can drive to. If the church is too far, find a church closer. Come on. That, that's that's, that's that, that it's. I'm telling you, the devil is, has deceived many people in thinking they can be a Christian at home watching their favorite preacher or through the podcast. That's not, no, those are supplements. You don't take vitamins as the main meal. You, you, you use it as a supplement. You need to get the real meal from food, right? The same way spiritually, you get your real meal from a local assembly. If it's not just you and Jesus, it's you, Jesus, in a local church where they can call you on the carpet, they can pray for you, they can cast the devil out of you, they can give you some wise counsel, they, they, can, they can marry you, they can bury you. There's some people who don't have, I'm telling you, I'm doing a wedding next Saturday of a couple that doesn't have a church. The first thing I say, you want me to marry you, but who's your pastor? Well, we in between churches. We like, come on now, like, get in a church and find a pastor so they can marry you and they can bury you, they can counsel you, they can pray for you, they can be there through thick and thin. And when you're in the hospital, you can call them. <laughs> you don't, you, like, it, it's just, it's, it's, that, what are you talking about? And, and, and I talked to the couple and I agree with it and so forth because, the, you know, through relatives and so forth. But I, I think I'm at a place that I'm just done with doing weddings if you're not a member. I think I'm done with doing baby dedication if you're not a member. Like, you come and get baby, get dedicated, but yet you don't want to join the church. Why is it you give me the power to dedicate your child to the Lord, and you don't want to join the church? You call me your spiritual father, and yet you don't want to be part of the ministry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, first thing is to make sure it lines up with the Word of God. Number two, will it bless people and encourage them in the faith? If you got something from the Lord... Whether it's for you directly or somebody else, will it bless them? Will it encourage them in the faith? The first is to make sure it lines up with the word of God. Number two, make sure it's a blessing. A prophecy will bless people. A words from God will bless people. It will not strike fear in them. Number three, does it line up with the character of God? Does it seem like it's God? God is a God of order. And so there, there's, there's a couple that actually asked me to do their premarital counseling. I said, well, what about your pastor? I have stopped counseling people who are not members of KLM. I'm not, that is, that's wrong. If you got a pastor, you need to go to that pastor and, well, I don't feel comfortable in telling them what, what's going through. Then you need to get a new church. If you can't trust your pastor to give them information about what's going on in your life, then you need to find a new church. And that goes for any member here. If you don't feel comfortable, you need to find a new church. And, and, and so I told this, I said, wait a minute, what, what about your pastor counseling you? If, if we have a relationship from days of old, then I'll talk to the pastor. Pastor, is it okay? Like, is it okay for me to counsel them and do their wedding? That's the proper way of doing it. So it does it line with the care of God. If, if it's something that from God, you don't have to hide from it. You don't have to do it in the dark. It's something that not, you're not afraid to let other people know. And the last is, um, what is your motive? If you get something from God, oh, God's calling you to be the, the next Billy Graham. Okay, what's your motive? Do you, you want to be the next Billy Graham because you want your name out there? Or do you really want to bless a lot of people? Do you want to reach a lot of people and, and, and cause them not to go to hell? So you want to check your motives. Um, these are things you, you, you get. There are things that you get in your heart. You need to make sure it's the Lord before you go around saying it's the Lord. If you get something in your heart, just make sure. If, I don't know if you noticed, but Courtney is good at this. And she'll get something and, and she'll look to me. She said, is it okay for me to give it? What is she doing? She's modeling, making sure that 
you know, because sometimes we're like, no, no, it's time for the word. You know what I'm saying? Like other times, like flow, flow, flow. You know, I, I'm sensing something. But it's not like, it's like there's an order to it. You know what I'm saying? God is a God of order and not confusion. So God's not going to tell me that I'm up here preaching and then, but you got a word and you prophesying to somebody else while I'm preaching. That's out of order. Or, 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 or you got a prophetic song, and, and, but, it, but really the spirit has moved and it's time for the word. So, so there is an order for it. There's an order in the way we do it. Um, most of the things I receive from the Lord, I don't share with people. I don't. And there are things that God, as your pastor, God has so, told me about you. Not everybody, but some, some of y'all. But I don't necessarily share it with you. Sometimes when a prophet or another man or woman of God come through and they prophesy, I already got that in my heart years ago or months ago, but I just don't, haven't said anything about it. Like parents. Parents might have something in their hearts about their kids. And somebody will come along and confirm it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you always have to say what you sense. Be careful about that. If you go around telling everything that God speaks to you about, if you go around telling everything that God says to you, God will stop talking to you. Don't, don't, don't always, the Lord said this, the Lord said this. I mean, I'm so tired of people saying the Lord said, the Lord said, like, really? I just, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. For the most part, when people come to me saying that the Lord said something, in my mind, immediately I said it's not the Lord, and I have to guard against that because I've heard, I've heard people just do stupid stuff. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. No, you just said that, so I won't say nothing about the situation. Really? The Lord said it. Okay. That doesn't sound like God to me. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord. Don't go around saying the Lord said. If, if, if he said it, why do you have to tell me the Lord said? Because you're trying to make me think you're more spiritual than you really are. You're trying to get me to validate or in my mind that you're really walking with God because you said the Lord said. Hmm. I'm telling you, this, when this message goes on Facebook, people are going to be offended. But I don't care. I'm telling you, I challenge what people say the Lord said. I challenge it. I'm like, mm. Oh, that don't sound like the character of God. Why would God tell you to do something that, that's contrary to his word? It doesn't, it's out of line and out of sync with his character. The Lord told you to tell somebody's child to do something every day and, but not tell their parents. That, I heard that recently. It's a lie. It's of the devil. You, you're telling a child to, to lie and to sneak behind the parents' back. That, that's not God. All right, let's, let's look at a scripture here, and then um, I'm going to let y'all go, I think. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Let's go real quick. Luke chapter 2. Are you getting anything out of this? Are you being blessed, encouraged to, to really seek the guidance of the Lord and really challenge? I'm telling you, I challenge if I hear something from the Lord. My wife is good at this. She said, honey, this is, I, I think I got a download. What do you think about this? What, what does, you know, I don't necessarily know the scripture, but does it line up with scripture? And there's times I say, it's not of God. And other times, I don't know. And other times, it sounds like God to me. All right? And so you have to test it. You, and so things that I've got in my heart, I, I bounce it off of her, and she's like, mm, that don't sound right. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. That don't sound like God, though, you know. And so you, 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 we bounce it off each other. Luke chapter 2, verse 15, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 19. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The Lord had just revealed his plan concerning Jesus, and Mary did not go around, listen to this, telling everybody that she was having the Son of God. Some people will look at her like she was crazy. I'm a virgin. I got pregnant by God. But she did not. She kept her mouth closed. She only told Joseph. I think there are a lot of, lot of things that the Lord will speak to you, speak to your heart, not necessarily to your mind, or lead you by the inner witness. He won't necessarily say it for you to go around telling everybody. You, you got, sometimes you got to ponder that thing, and you got to pray it out, and you got to weigh it out. And you got to think it out, and you got to walk it out, and you got to make sure step by step. Don't go around blabbing everything that God speaks to you. Amen. You're not proving that you're more spiritual. Amen. 
Just because you hear from God doesn't mean that God, that you're spiritual. Right? You know that, right? There are people who've heard from God and not spiritual. Today, if you hear my voice and harden not your heart, today's the day of salvation. Um, the children of Israel heard God, but doesn't make them more spiritual. Just because a person hears from God doesn't mean that it's more spiritual. It's not the hearing. Listen, Adam and Eve heard from God. <laughs> they did. They heard from God. And God told them not, what not to do. Don't eat from the tree. Adam did. And God, Adam was supposed to tell his wife, teach his wife, instruct his wife. And guess what happened? They disobeyed God. Does that make them spiritual? Because they heard from God. God came in the cool of the day walking and walking among them and communicating with them and having sweet fellowship. And they still disobeyed God. It doesn't make you spiritual because you hear from God. It makes you spiritual because you obey God. It's the obedience in what you hear. Not, the problem is we don't, it's not that we don't hear from God. It's the problem is we don't obey what we hear or obey what we know. And, and the way the Lord leads us is not always, again, like, you know, it's audible. Um, there's a saying that we say down south is um, some people can't hold water. And I, I want to submit to you that you need to learn how to hold water. Hold what he says. Write it down somewhere and see if it's really the Lord. Hold it, dear, treasure it. If the Lord speaks to you concerning your children, your spouse, or your life, or your career, or your, you know, finances, hold it, dear. Don't go around blabbing it to everybody. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this inner witness a little bit. Um, last week, we talked about, or uh, the week before, the five manifestations of the inner witness. The inner witness is manifested five different ways. This is the primary way in which God leads his children. Learning to discern the inner witness takes time. Learning to wait on the Lord and follow this inner witness. Today we're talking about following the inner witness. The, 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 the inner witness will keep you from making dumb decisions. How do I know what to preach? I don't, I don't hear from heaven preach such and such. It's just an inner witness. Which way to go? I don't always hear a voice. Most of the time, 9 out of 10, I don't hear a voice of what to preach. I say probably 10 out of 10. <laughs> I don't hear specifically go this direction. It's just an inner knowing. It's peace. It's, and usually it comes after a time of praying in other tongues. All right, let's, let's, let's look at a free scripture. So the five ways in which the inner witness is manifested, we talked a little bit about it. First is the inner knowing. There's an inner knowing. As the older folks used to say, you know that you know that you know that you know. There's a knowing on the inside of you about something. You know how when you meet somebody and you know something isn't right about them. That's the Holy Spirit revealing to you that something is wrong with that person. You know. There's a knowing. Got a friend. I, told, I tell the story quite often. And she was in the laundry room cleaning, um, washing her clothes, drying them, and a man came to approach her to talk to her, and, the Holy, and she went to go witness to him, and the Holy Spirit, the, there was a knowing to stay away from him. I never forget, never told this publicly, there was a, I was, a, when I was a youth pastor at a particular church, there was a young girl, um, she liked me, she was a teenager, and um, I knew that she liked me. I knew it. I knew it, it might know her. I was like, uh, and from that moment on, I stayed away from her. Amen. Conversation was brief, and I, I just kept it moving. Amen. I was never kept, never alone with this young lady. Why? Because if she likes me and she makes a move and I don't respond like she wants to, she's crying, oh, he likes me, he touched me, and I, I got a prison ministry. <laughs> Y'all do understand the power of kids being deceived by the devil can send you to jail for a long time. There was a lady uh, um, in down South Jersey who had a daycare who child lied, lied and said that they were touched, molested by her. The, child, the, the, the lady lost her business, lost her family, went to prison, and years later, the lady, um, the kids said he lied. Everything was lost. You don't play with kids. You don't play with kids. You, 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 you are aware that the devil can jump on a kid and make them lie on you. 
you do understand that. And I was a children's pastor, and I was a youth pastor, and I am very aware, hmm, stay away. Hmm, don't go there. Hmm, they're gay. They like you. They're feeling you. You're skinny, you're, skinny, you're fine, you look like all this. You got to be careful. Get away from them. Get away. They like your characteristic. They like your charisma. They think you got something with, with God that they don't. So stay away from them. That's what you got to do. You, you understand me? Uh, at, at your job, stay away. Wear your wedding ring if you're married. Or, or, or pretending like you're married. <laughs> I'm married to Jesus. Stay away. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you got you to gotta beware. Um, there's a series that I'm about to do. It's called Deliver, me, Deliver Us from Evil. And I want to talk about stra the strange woman and the strange man. And there are people who are influenced by demons you got to pray for deliverance from and stay away from. Don't, you don't mess with the devil. The devil are influencing people just like God is influencing you. So there's an inner knowing, 1 John 2.20. Don't have time to go there, but it talks about this inner knowing. There's a knowing on the inside of you. And we'll go into details next week with each of them. The second is peace. There's a peace that God, God is the God of peace, and so he's going to lead us by peace. You'll have this peace. And remember, peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is the presence of God. Amen. And number three, it seems good. We'll, we'll discover, talk about this next week. It seems good. God leads based on it seems good. And then there's perception is, is when you perceive certain things. So sometimes God doesn't always speak to you and say such and such as we like to present it. Sometimes there's a perception. You have a spiritual perception about a situation or a person, and God gives you a perception on it. I perceive that the Lord's been dealing with you. And then last but not least, that's the inner voice. The inner voice is the voice of your conscience. Yeah, yeah. So we have our conscience, and that is the voice of your spirit. Your conscience, sometimes when people say, I got convicted by the Holy Spirit, they really didn't get convicted by the Holy Spirit as a Christian. Their, their conscience convicted them. Are you with me? Yeah. There are certain groups of, in the body of Christ, they have a conviction of not, if they're a woman, not to wear pants. They have a conviction not to go to the movies. God will expects them to obey their conscience. Is it right to go to the movies? It's not wrong to go to movies, right? You, you do understand that. But if their conviction or their conscience is not allowing them, it's better for them not to override their conscience. If your conscience does not, my conscience does not allow me to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. Though I may work at a place that produces alcohol, <laughs> I will not. And I'm going to say, the devil tried to make me drink some the other day. <laughs> I, I, I was throwing the can, and the can busted open and went right into my mouth. I said, the devil! <laughs> that really didn't happen. I said, this is the devil. This is the devil. You're trying to make me drink alcohol. You want me to taste this. I'm not going to taste <laughs> I spit right there to there. I did. That's a true story. <laughs> I, I'm like, it happened twice. I'm like, yo, devil, you're a liar. I'm not drinking alcohol. Just like I'm not drinking coffee. You're not going to get in a hold of me. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to obey you. I am not. And, and my conviction is I'm not to drink alcohol. Now, some believers may be okay to drink, to have a, a glass of wine or whatnot. The Bible doesn't say not to drink. The Bible says not to get drunk. But my conviction is not to drink at all. Right, I, that's my consciousness. But I don't just. I've, I've been around believers going to the barbecue, and they got they got liquor. I mean, they got really liquor. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, oh God. I mean, they're like, you want some PD? No. Oh, you ain't comfortable. You need to get free. Freedom in like Christ. Liberties in Christ. Oh no, my liberty doesn't allow me to do that. You got to follow your convictions, even if it sounds crazy. It's better to follow your conviction. You don't want to sear your conscience. If you continue to do something wrong and override that consciousness, your conscience can be hardened. Well, you don't, you, it's callous. You know how you, if you drink something hot long enough, you get callous towards it, you get used to it. And sometimes when easy for you to lie, and you just, your first time you lie, oh, God, I feel bad. Second time you lie, you feel a little less bad, you know, and you keep lying, and after a while, it's just natural for you to lie. As a Christian, you know Christians can be saved, people can be saved and still lie. 
Paul says, you know, don't lie. Don't, you know, stop lying. But yet, Christians, why? Christians, you can, you can speak in tongues and still lie. You know, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't drink your soda. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't drink soda. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. All right, we're going to discuss, dive into this. So next week, it could be following the inner witness remix or part two or level three or whatever you want to call it, Alan. Um, listen, I, there's a, some materials that I, I believe that will help you. I, I don't do this often from the pulpit, but I, 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 feel, I felt impressed of the Lord to do that. Um, the first is um, Kenneth e. Hagen. You heard me talk a lot about him. Um, I went to the school. He laid hands on me, prayed for me down south Jersey, and my life has never been the same, and we're seeing the fruit of many of that later, years later. But he wrote a book years ago called How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God, and I, it comes mainly, I don't think you can even get the hard cover anymore, but you can get the soft cover or the e-Kindle. Um, I encourage you to get that. It's a basic book to read. I think it's on Audible, um, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. It will help you, bless you, change you. All right, so I want to encourage you to get that. Um, and then my pastor, former pastor Dave Robinson, um, I sat under his ministry for several years and, and actually got ordained into the Christian ministry. He wrote a book called The Walk of the Spirit and the Walk of Power, The Vital Role of Praying in Tongues. As you can see, it's not for sale. This book, the physical copy, is no longer available. Um, you, you have to get the um, e-book. E-book, you can get it for free off of Amazon, iBooks, and PDF. Um, I want to encourage you to listen, to read these two books. They will help you along your walk. Um, this is the man that trained me in the Spirit, trained me how to do ministry, trained me how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, trained me how to pray hours upon hours in tongues, trained me how to confess the Scriptures, trained me how to meditate, and trained me how to fast, to really fast effectively. And so he has had a great impact on my life. I haven't talked much about him over the years, but um, I just fell impressed with the Lord. I've been encouraging people. I, I, I got probably the last physical copies. Um, I'm about to send about... 15 of them to Uganda, and um, this book will change your life. It's a, it's a great book. It, it is the work of the, the life of Pastor Dave Robeson that has changed your life. So that said, get those two books. You can get that one for free, the e-book. The physical copy is no longer available at this time, um, but we're going to change that. Um, okay, so the, book, the name of this book is called The Walk of the Spirit and the Walk of Power. The Vital Role of Praying in Tongues. It's free on Amazon and free on iBooks and PDF. It's free, yep, yep. And when they had the physical copies, they gave out the physical copies to anybody who wanted them. You know, but um, they're limited now for that, and um, we're leaving God with them to get some more physical copies of that. But right now, it's out of print. I want, I want to encourage you to get this. This will change your life. You can pass this around. That said, go to SoundCloud. I, I was impressed with the Lord <laughs> to put some of his teachings on. I got permission. You know, I always get permission. One year I got permission from Together for the Gospel to put the, all of the messages on, on SoundCloud. They gave me permission. I also reached out to Pastor Dave Robinson's. That's who I got ordained by. Um, his ministry got permission to put his teachings on our SoundCloud, as long as we didn't change any of his teaching. And so I recently just put up, he has a series called Tongues for the Believer. Um, first, I put up the prayer meeting. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. It will change your life. It will stir you up to pray in the spirit. Um, second, there is four teachings, um, four sermons that he preached about Tongues for the Believer. And he has an understanding about tongues unlike other people that I know of. The closest person that I know of was Kenneth E. Hagen, who has the, had understanding as well when he was on the earth. But Pastor Dave, has, his whole life has changed because as you read the book and listen to his sermons, it will inspire you. And this man walks in more power, or he did walk in more power than anybody I know personally. I'm going to tell you a story. There was a young man, he was in, in, in India, young boy who could not grow his teeth. 
okay? So a lot of times, not all, a lot. Some places in India, they have dental issues. And so Pastor Dave um, had the little boy. The boy was 12 years old. He laid hands on the 12-year-old. He said, if God is not God, if God does not give this boy teeth, he will not, he's not God. Now, that's a bold statement right there. And so he moved his hand, and the boy had a mouth full of teeth. And he said that miracle almost got him killed. He said, because everybody bombarded the stage, and they had to get him out. And he said, listen, I don't have that power. This is the Lord. He had to direct him to the Lord, just like in the book of Acts. Um, Pastor Dave, in his meetings, God often um, will fill people's mouths with silver and gold if they had a feeling, needed a feeling. I'm, I'm, trust, I'm talking to the Lord about that now for my ministry. <laughs> I was like, Lord, fill the gold. Woo, take that out of the mouth and take it out to the bar shop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but many miracles. Um, he had a, a little boy raised from the dead in his ministry. Uh, in one service that I was a part of, there was a baby that was deaf and the other baby was blind. He prayed for both of them and they both received sight and the other baby received his hearing. Wow. I, I'm telling you, this is who I sat under for several years. I was his usher, his catcher, his sound man, and his youth leader. I did it all. And I, I, I tried to fill that church up with a bunch of people, too. I mean, I went and I, on my job, I was like, you need to come to our church. You need to come to my church. And me and Pastor Brad sat under his ministry and was personally mentored by him for several years. And he trained us in the walk of the Spirit. The Lord has just led me to um, bring his stuff to surface to my own. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.